most of the machines in their bedrooms, their studios, their best friend's garage or basement. For those who negotiate the system every day to make time for the music that matters. For those who get in debt to fund the fight against the mundane. For those who stay true to their cause even in the face of income and fame from compromise. For those who feel the power of every beat. For those who keep their minds open. For those who encourage and support those pursuing their personal dream. For those who sacrifice relationships to make sure the music is heard. For those for which the music is a lifetime, not a pastime. This is Bass Agenda. Agenda. This is Keith Tucker, a.k.a. DJ K1 of Aux88. You're listening to the sounds of the Bass Agenda. Welcome to Base Agenda episode 190. Hope you're staying safe and sane out there. There aren't many silver linings to this pandemic, but one of them is that I've been at home and Keith Tucker from Walks 88 has been at home, so we managed to have a really long conversation. Spoke for about an hour and a half last week, and about 90% of that conversation is going to make up today's episode of Base Agenda, plus a load of music that Keith refers to as we go through. New stuff, old stuff, huge amount of exciting news in this episode. Hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed doing this. Huge respect for Keith. Kicking off the show here with his latest release from his Modular World EP. This is the title track, Modular World. Lots of great stuff to come. Enjoy it. Modular World. Living in a modular world. Modular World. Living in a modular world. Modular 
Yeah, yeah, so how you doing, man? It's strange times. Yeah, strange times, but you know what? I'm more busy now than I've ever been. Yeah. Seriously, because it made you really rethink, you know, with Mike Huckleby passing away. For sure, and, yeah. And, you know, I had some relatives pass away, man. It just made you think, like, you know, you could go at any time and still a lot of stuff that I haven't done. And it's just ironic because just before this happened, the pandemic, I'd already said I have a lot of music that I need to put out. I've, I've done a lot you know, with AUX88, but it's time to start pushing me and doing my stuff because I wear a lot of hats with that, man, and it was just, it was kind of weighing on me, so mm. I got so much music finished. I'm working on all kind of collaborations. I just did a collaboration with uh, Carl Finlow. You know, I did a remix for um, Paris from the Grand Poobahs. I'm doing something with Max Duran. I mean, I got so much stuff going on. Yeah. Exciting stuff too, man, yeah. And Marty Bonds, and I'm really excited about the techno project I have, my optic nerve just coming out with Marty Bonds. Cool. Strand, man, it's beautiful techno. Really nice, good That's music. That's crazy. Out. Yeah, yep. that's a crazy amount of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And plus, the you know, with the label, the label, man, the Direct Beat Classics, man, is <laughs> is doing awesome. I mean, uh, we've we've repressed the album four times, man. The the, the counterparts album. You have. You wow. Know, everything's doing really well. And now I can, you know, put out the rest of my stuff and put out all the um, the old original stuff. So everything's coming. I already have um, the next release. No one really knows it, but the next release is probably in about another two weeks. Is Electro Techno AUX88. That 12 inch is coming out. Then my K1 Agenda is already pressed. Uh, then I'm going to be doing the double uh, uh, the double pack of the original Alien FM, and then I have a new Alien FM 12 inch coming out. Wow, man. Yeah. Wow. And on the electro techno, are you, are you getting remixes on that like you did with um, no, Juan? No, 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 no. What we're doing with, what we're, what we're trying to do with the classics is just put them out exactly the way they was. You know, just, yeah, because that's what people wanted. A lot of um, distributors wanted to get a P&D deal to do that. And we was like, nope, we're going to make sure that we just put them out just the way they was. AUX Mind was a little different because... That was one of the biggest songs, and um, we knew Egyptian. It was it was a favorite song of Egyptian Lover, right? Okay. And um, Juan Atkins. So we were like, okay, we'll do that special. But everything else is basically there's nothing new coming out on Direct Beat Classics except for my records being taken through the dist distribution with Puzzle Box. I have like so many new. I actually have, to be honest, I have like twelve electro EPs of K1 stuff. Period. Wow. Like brand new stuff. I was like, I was in the zone. All that sitting in the pipe. Oh yeah, well, it was It was not only some stuff that was sitting around, but it was just, I got into this mood, man, and I was just making stuff, you know, with, with this shutdown, just keeping busy, man, just. Yeah, you got to. I got a studio that I really love. That's what you gotta do, you gotta, in order to make good music, you need to be in the studio all the time. I do too many other things. We're doing live shows and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Nah, mm -mm, that's too much. So you were saying you're you're spending you're doing like well more than a nine to five in the studio at the moment you're you're kind of in there most of the day is that right? Yeah, I mean every day because it's it's it's, it's my office isn't my office is like on the other side of the wall and my studio is around here and um, not only that I mean I'm running DBC to be honest with you the right. DB Classics I run all that I do all that take care of all the pressing and all that stuff yeah yeah. Um, Positronics is the accountant, and um, that's about it. Black Tony might write the one sheets and 
information and promo, but that's it. But I'm doing that and running my label and I just decided, hey, um, you know what, with the pandemic going on, I'm putting out weekly videos, you know, just me and my studio talking and just previewing a lot of the new stuff um, that's coming out, you know, and then repressings like the Mad Scientist, we're going to be repressing some Black Tokyo, all that type of stuff, you know, um, but yeah, it's just, that keeps me really busy, not to mention, you know, um, family life and everything, but I'm, I'm like more focused now than I've ever been, you know, just my goal in the next three to five years is to put out at least 300 songs, really, just get them out, they don't need to be sitting in the studio for, you know, for me to pass away and then they're just sitting there, nope, put them out, get the music out, because I own everything anyway, everything I've ever done, that's why we did DBC, because we own it all, so we own all our own music. And that's rare. Yeah, I think when I when I interviewed you last time, I think you were in the middle of trying to get that sorted out. You you were kind of working on that process. Yeah, and and thankfully, um, the 430 West, uh, the Burton brothers who owned the label, they were generous enough, man. They they gave it back to us, and that that says a lot about their character because it's like they do their own music. They're not trying to hold up your stuff. It's like here, here's your music. Have it back. Do whatever you want to do. Yeah, you yeah. know. And, and then they were, we were lucky enough that they actually had the masters and mailed them to us. You know, a lot of people would just say, oh, they got destroyed. I don't know what happened to them. But that's what they did. They made them, uh, mailed us the, the original mini disc and dats, all that stuff, man. So we have, you know, rare mixes of stuff and yeah, yeah, yeah. unreleased stuff. So it was, it, was, it was cool. So that's why we started the, the DB Classics. And that's good because we don't necessarily have to depend on doing live shows anymore. You know, we have our, we're selling those records, so that's got to be hurting a lot of guys out there that's DJing and, you know, not able to do these live shows, because, you know, you got to have another income. Well, you know, we had, um, we had, we were about to do the Counterparts tour, and what we were going to do differently with this tour, we were going to um, be selling, the record was only going to be available on the tour. The album, that was something that we were going to do different. Okay. No distributors were going to have it. And then once this came up, it was like, man, it just really messed up everything. So we had to give it to the distributors. But a lot of people were looking forward to it. We had a lot of dates. We had a new booking agent. We had the same uh, booking agent as uh, Model 500, Juan Atkins booking agent. Cool. So we were having a lot of dates. And then that was the same thing happened to us. We had like, it was somewhere like around 17 to 18 that were lined up already, you know. And it was like, ah. Uh, we lost all of those, but it didn't really bother me. It just showed me like, hey, well, roll up my sleeves. <laughs> Let's get busy. You gotta you know? find another That's way. You gotta find another yeah. way. Yeah, 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 for yeah. sure, man. You you mentioned working with Carl uh, Finlow. What kind of vibes that? Oh man, me and Carl just been interacting over the internet and stuff, man. And over years, man, I always liked the stuff. He used to be like, man, no, Keith, I love your music. I'm like, man, your vocoder work. I love it. And I told him, I was like, man, I like, I like your stuff. So, you know, one day, um, I just, we were talking on the internet, just talking, mm. instant message. And uh, he was like, man, let's just do something together. I said, well, you know, I'm in the studio. Let me send you something right quick. And he was like, really? So I sent it to him and he's like, boom. Next day he sent me some beats and then he sent me a recorder. Then I sent him the recorder back and then some other stuff and boom. we just did this track. I forgot what the, what he titled it. I was like, he was a little, he was kind of funny because he was like, man, you just gonna leave it up to me. I'm like, nah, man, we did the work. So if you want to come up with the title, yeah, who yeah. you gonna put it out with? I'm good with that. I'm finally able to relinquish stuff. You know what I mean? Like I did my job 
and that person did their job, and then you know somebody else can handle it. And uh, yeah, so we're gonna do some more stuff together too, man. And don't be surprised if me and Anthony Rother do some stuff. It's a lot of Eddie, uh, Anthony Rother, Ed Upton, man. A lot of people, man. And I'm really oh man, Cisco from the Advent, man. A lot of people that I communicate with, you know, and they know I'm not kidding. Uh, I really would like to do something with Kirk DiGiorgio. That's that would be my ultimate. I really like to do some optic nerve with Kirk. Kirk DiGiorgio, cause he likes my optic nerve stuff, and that that was a real honor when I when I found that out. He started naming all kinds of music that I did. I was like, wow. He said, I said, you know about my optic nerve? Yeah, I know you did Alien FM, your K1, and from AUX. I'm like, wow. And then you mentioned um, Max Durant, is that right? Yeah, we're gonna do the Fusion Project again that we did on oh, Electrics okay. on Bill Nasty's label. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, yeah, um, yeah. that's what I'm working on at the moment, actually. Some stuff for that. Um, mm. To send to Max, and then he'll finish it up, and I'll just add my little stuff to it and let him do it. It's it's actually kind of easy to work that way, man. Cause I it's people that I work with that I trust. You know what I mean? When I hand it to Max, I know Max gonna put that his feel on it. You know he gonna do his thing, and I'm cool with that. Whatever it turns out to be. Same thing with Carl. When I pass it to Carl Fennel, I'm like I'm cool with it. I know, you know, I know it'd be good. You know. Yeah. Mm. And then I did a remix for, and I did a, just did a remix for um, Paris from the Grand Poobahs, which came out on EPM. Um, it's kind of like a, it's called them bottom feeders or something. Tech, tech Marine bottom feeders. Yes, I did a remix of one of those tracks and I did everything. All, only thing I, I think I did that he did on that track that he gave me was a sound effect. I did the beats, bass line. Strings, yeah, but it was cool because that's when I was in the studio, and he sent the stuff, and it's like, okay, cool, and it's great to work with somebody when everything comes, the timing is right, it you fits in, I don't have to worry about syncing anything and time stretching, everything works. Same thing with Carl Finlow, yeah, <laughs> everything yeah. came in, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm able to keep working and stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I got some, like I said, I even been thinking about doing a, I told um. Young Jeremiah Shaw, <laughs> oh, I call yeah, him yeah. my little uh, Jedi apprentice. I told him that I might do a <laughs> remix for him. I might do a remix for him because um, I had been helping him learn how to do the music. He didn't know how to do, uh, you know, hook up the stuff to computers and the controllers and stuff. So he's just got some gear, and I've been helping him and stuff. Yeah. What's up, y'all? This is Paris the Black Fool of the Detroit Grand Poobahs, and you're listening to Bass Agenda.
So I'm just trying to think back because I mean, Direct Beat Classics, you've done what, half a dozen now? Um, it should be about six or seven, I think. Six or seven. Yeah, yeah. So what what was it that kind of kick-started that for you? What Because I know you guys had been talking about it for a while. Was it the fact that you guys kind of came back together for the because you did your movie and all that kind of stuff? Was that part of that kind of legacy? Um, what happened was, man, it was so many distributors hitting us up, like Clone and Rubber Dove, and they were always sending us these things. Can you know we'd like to press this for you? We need we want this repressed, that repressed, and we was like, you know what? We've already had. I've had enough P and D deals, and that's not really a money maker. You know what I mean? And I was like, we should just do it ourselves. You know, and, and once I, once we saw that, it's like we get 100% of the money. Then we saw that we actually had some clout because when we ship the records, they're paid for. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? We don't have to wait for, we might wait, we might wait two or three days, but I'm saying they're paid for. <laughs> it's like they're paid for. We don't have to wait 30 days to get paid. And we got all, and we get 100% of the money. We, we invested, we pressed the records with our own money, you know, and then we actually started up. DBC uh, is a LLC, okay. it's a company, so, it's, you know, everything is legitimate. It's, it's owned by all four of us, and that's the way we did it. Now, I was the one who pushed for all the original members when we did the, the documentary. I pushed for the documentary because I just wanted to... I think we have been doing so many shows and going through this and, you know, I love Drexia and a lot of these groups, man, but it was like, they kind of ascended because they were, I mean, you know, with, not to say because James Stinson passed away, but their music was always good, great. I was a big fan. We all started at the same time. But it was like, hey, man, we need to do something that no one else has done. Like, why not put our own documentary, our own, tell our own story? That's, I pushed for that, you know, and we did that. And then I said, well, on that note, why don't we just have all the original people back? Mm. You know, I pushed for that. And I thought it was a very good idea, but then once again, I've always been that type of person. Uh, if something's not being done, I'll handle it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I took on way too much, you know, took up, took on way too much. And then I finally got to the point where a lot of people was like, "Hey, man, we want to hear your stuff. You know, when is when is when is K One stuff coming out? When is this? You know?" And I've never been a person who was all about that. It was like, "Oh, I, I did AUX88 because it's a bigger name," you know. But I was like, "No, let me go ahead and." I got a lot of stuff to put out, and, and working with those guys, they move a little slow. Everybody's, when you work with a group, everybody's in a different time frame. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Like, they can't they can't get stuff done. It's like, hey, I need this from you. Um, person don't call you back. We're in the same city, same state, you know. I was just like, okay, I don't have time for that, you know. And then some of us, some of us can always contact each other and get their work, but... It doesn't work for all four of us. And, you know, we, we realized that. It's like, okay, everybody kind of do their own thing. But I did push to get the Counterpart album done. We got it done. And it did really well. Man, really, I love most that. Most of that album. I love that Thank album. you. Most of that album is not really collaboration. That's just, it's just mostly each person doing a, a couple of tracks. Yeah, yeah. Piece. You know, yeah, that's, yeah. That we felt we figured that was better because you can't get people to work together. What is that? Is it uh, You Don't Want This? That track, you don't want this. Now me and that was me. That was me and Black Tony. Tony, yeah. Me and Black Tony. Me and Black Tony can work together all the time. The other two guys, they they do so many of other things, you know. And you know, I was just like, I just got to the point where it was like it's all our sounds, you know. You can hear AUX88 and every one of those songs, you know what I mean? The style. So, hey, let everybody do their own music and turn it in or whatever. 
It would have been better on a collaboration, but a lot of people don't know that a lot of AUX88 stuff, we didn't really work on together. It's either one person did some tracks and then the other person did them and we just put them together as an album. So it just seems cohesive. I remember yeah. you saying that before, you, you guys kind of ran your own mm -hmm. pace and then you kind of came every now and again, you just looked at what you'd got between you kind of thing. And yep. then worked it out. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, cool. Black Tony, and you're listening to Bass. 
one is uh, for you is uh, the uh, modular world isn't it the uh, latest yes. EP that's just that's sold out did I see that right yeah man I actually uh, just got the repressings um what was it what's today is I got the repressings a couple of days ago and um it was man it was it was great because um you know I do all the artwork for AUX88 I do all the artwork for everything that we do and did my own stuff and it was like I got these EPs lined up and I've been, I let DJ Mako, DJ Mako's the only person who's actually been over here in Black Tony. They actually heard all the EPs. Oh, really? They was like, man, it doesn't even matter what order you put them in, just put them out. So Modular World was, is doing really well and it, it kind of showed, uh, I got back to um, just about everything I do now has vocals. A lot of my vocoder work is on it and um, just the beats just got back to that funky stuff that, you know, you can play in the hood and you can play all over the world. Well, say so that, really that like track, that. I, the track I just mentioned with you and Tony, that, that to me, uh, and, and the lyrics in that are, are so on point as well, man. It's, uh, that's, that's Black Tony, man. Killer song. I mean, he wrote that, Tony, Black Tony, I said, man, we need to do this, we need to say this. He just sit there and write, hand it over to you, like 10, 15 minutes. That's that's how good of a writer he is, man. You that's know? cool. That's and, cool. Um, yeah, he, he's, it, and we did that track so quick. We probably did that in, uh, um, probably like two hours seriously just two hours just knocked it out yep, yep. that's that's crazy that's that's amazing to me wow and i love that you're doing more vocal stuff because i mean i i was thinking this earlier on going back to well, i can't even remember when i began listening to you guys man but it was a long time ago you know i always <laughs> as soon as i hear that vocal your vocal i'm like that's 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 electro that's what electro yeah. sounds like yeah. you know what i mean yeah. it's just it's just synonymous with electro to me now so uh, I'm glad you're doing more of that kind of stuff, man. That's really cool. So these EPs that you've got, uh, this this kind of mountain of records you've got happening, man. What kind of pace are we seeing at? What's the interval going to be like between them coming out and that? Oh man, Andy, that's why I always like doing interviews with you. You ask great questions. 
Well, you know. my, how I have it set up is like, okay, for example, Modular World is first. That was released. That's Puzzle Box Records. My next release will be the K1 Agenda, which is a repress of Direct Beat Classics. The third release will be a new Alien F film that comes off Puzzle Box. Uh, fourth release will be Mad Scientist um, Voice Modulation. Then it comes back around again. That's uh, how I'm doing it. Okay. Be another Puzzle Box, then it'd be another classic. Yeah, I want to keep it going that way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. So yeah. everything gets gets a, gets an airing. Gets right. Every 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 um almost like every era. Like you know, I'm covering my new stuff. Yeah. Then I got my old stuff that's being re-released, and then I got something new from one of those groups. You know, like the new Alien FM, which is oh man, that's that's going back to the new Alien FM is going to be like a kind of a. New wave-ish kind of retro electro. Oh, it's, it's really nice. Mm. With some vocals to it. Yup. Yeah. Yup. is a message from Detroit. This is Adult. And you are listening to Base Agenda.
And how much kind of amongst the stuff you're working on, how much of the, it is the 4-4 stuff? I know you said you're working with Marty Bonds on some, some techno um, there. What are we looking at? Yeah, that's, that's going to be the that's gonna be new optic nerve stuff. And it's my optic nerve stuff is better. Because a lot of times I usually get a little too heady with the music. It's a little bit more funky, dance-oriented, like Model 500, you know. And with um, I wanted to just I wanted to work with Marty Bonds and Strand also Strand. Mm. Those are like my favorite artists, man. And I met Marty back when I first saw um, actually when I first started working at Metroplex when I first did my first record at Metroplex. That's how I met Marty Bonds and uh, after Shakir. So you go way back. And, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, we go way back, man. Um, and I'm looking forward to that because it's gonna be really good. I heard some. He sent me a little snippet of the track of his remix, and I was like. Man, it was so good. He did completely different from what I would do. And he definitely, he definitely has that Juan Atkins. You could hear, you could hear his like you know when Juan did um, you you ever heard Ocean to Ocean? In oh Info man, World? I love that. Track. You know yeah, Marty yeah, did yeah. Marty did a lot of that strings and stuff on that. That's Marty on that with with Juan. That's that's a lovely. Yeah, that's man. a lovely tune, man. Yeah. That's really cool. So that goes to show, you know, what he can do. It's so beautiful, you know? But yeah, man, a lot of those guys, they didn't get a lot of credit because they were down at the studio, working at the studios while Juan and all of those guys was traveling. So when Juan and them needed the tracks finished up and mixed, they left them for them. Like, go ahead, man, I need you to do this and add this to it. And they did it and finished wow. them. You know, without really getting any credit, but they didn't get credit because they was able to use their studios. Anthony Shakira and Marty Barnes used to just live in the studio. I mean, like they were there every day, sleeping there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going, going to KMS Studios to master stuff, Transmat, and um, Metroplex. The Burton brothers actually got their start from Anthony Shakira. Anthony Shakira was the one who mastered all their stuff and did a lot of the programming for them because they didn't know how to work machines. They didn't know how to work the stuff. Do that. Not, he's got a brother's Brian, isn't he? That's Brian from Strand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strand, which is which kind of sounds the same. They're, they're unmistakable, man. This stuff is really good. And Strand used to be on KMS Records years ago when KMS had this. They had these uh, labels they would put out with no artist name, just like a color label. And they had Strand was featured. They was the artist. So that's how they kind of messed it up for them because people didn't know who they were because they didn't have no name on it. Yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, Strand is. They did. They the ones who did my favorite mix of uh, when I put out the Shariwari remixes. They did a uh, Ele electric cafe mix. That's what we called it of Shariwari. If you ever get to check that out, yeah, Strand yeah. mix. I've got it, man. That mix is awesome. I'm pretty sure I've got yeah. that here. It's, it's, they, they, their sound is nice. Yep. Did a lot of those. A lot of the. A lot of the groups out of Clone Records kind of copied their style. Like I actually did the tracks and I handed it to them and let them do whatever they wanted to do to it. And I'm also um, looking for what I actually let uh, Black Tony is doing a mix to uh, one of my tracks. One of the tracks is called Far Away. Okay. Um, and then um, Electronic Cosmonauts is another one. So uh, yeah, it's really good. And I'm like, and it's, it's totally different from the electro, which, and, and it still has vocals too. Okay. It still has vocals, but, but um, I had ran into Andrea Benedetti from Rome uh, when I went to see, uh, we did some shows before the pandemic and uh, we got to see Abdul Haq when he was uh, had his book signing. Yeah, man. And that was the first thing Andrea said to me. He's like, man, when is somebody going to come out with some proper Detroit techno? Yeah, yeah. So I said, oh, I, I got you. 
Don't worry about it. The new stuff is going to be really good. Yeah. base agenda.
voice in electronic and dance music deep space radio deepspaceradio.com everybody can make music you know it's just I think what's starting to happen now when people start to ascend and get more popular people felt left out like they should have been mentioned and it was like if you really was in this you would have kept doing what you were doing and try to focus on getting your name out and controlling it yourself instead of letting people work for you that's a big thing with techno music in Detroit mm. and also a lot of new artists they think they can just send you tapes and send you music and everything supposed to be done for them like no what, what happened to you rolling up your sleeves working and figuring out who you need to talk to um, getting better at your craft you know what I mean so I mean I know I'm going I a little bit messages, off but you know I what I mean I get messages on Facebook yeah. that are just a link there's no hello there's no this is me this is what I'm trying to do it's just like here's a link yeah. I'm just like yeah. delete <laughs> and I used to you know I used to take time to answer everybody back and I would say you know my thing was this it doesn't matter if I like your song or not cause I didn't care when I first started doing it if someone liked my song this is what I do and this is what I like I'll take criticism but I know even if I did get criticized I was gonna use that criticism to get better and it's like if that's what you really wanna do you're gonna you're gonna make it happen yeah yeah and I was like most people don't get it just do it yourself they don't understand that. That's how you knock off a lot of those people who are not going to be around. Because if they're not going to try to focus to get the record pressed or learn how to get it recorded right or whatever. Do you think you had some... You know, they're not going to be around. you to reach that point, did you have to kind of have some bumps in the road, kind of get let down a couple of times? Or have you always felt that way? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, like, I remember we, me, me and Black Tony, we used to go to Juan's office. We used to go there all the time leaving tapes man and he like he would finally answer us back and be like man this is this is not happening it was not you know we was like okay <laughs> well, all right we're gonna go back to the lab you know what i mean and make it better make it better you know and yeah yeah i mean we, we got all kind of but but for me what helped me was every time i tried to find out how to do something there wasn't a lot of people that would tell you how to do something you know so we had to learn everything like same thing i always wanted to have I had ideals for my artwork. Yeah. Okay. I was going to college at the time, started taking Photoshop classes. I'm like, okay, I'll start doing this myself. I don't have to pay, you know, somebody to do it. Or same thing with the studio. We started picking up books and learning, you know, okay, well, how, this should sound like this, you know, just, just doing everything. So it kind of happened really out of necessity from not having a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. people in Detroit was notorious for that. Well, if you want this person, you're going to have to pay him. What? What? I gotta pay this guy hundreds of dollars. <laughs> it's an old, it's a, it's an old school thing. I mean, I've, I, I'm, I'm no expert, man, but 
I mean, obviously you were doing this back in the day before YouTube told you you could do do your Photoshop lessons on YouTube for free and all that shit. So it's <laughs> yeah, yep. And now it just makes it easier to be honest with you because YouTube is like, I mean, with everything, it's like um, um, I'm not like a builder, but I built my studio. You know, this is my 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 last studio. The studio is built the way I want it to be built. Mm. YouTube. I mean, from drywall to everything, I built it from, you know, from the from from the ground up, you know, and um, that's what I said. YouTube is good for it. I mean, you can learn anything now. Like, if you have any questions about music or whatever, and that's why I said people are not really using it, even though you have that, they're still not using it. Yeah, you know? I don't know what it is. The, the the thing I get from speaking to you, and I got this last time, and and, and a few other guys, you know, kind of. The older school guys if you if i can say that is that there's that kind of work ethic that you don't see so much these days you know there's there's that uh, oh, there's yeah. that ex exception you know accepting you've got to put in some work you've got to put you've got to sweat a little bit to make it happen right um and that's a that's the thing i think well, i mean i work on losing. a schedule like every my, i have a schedule every week like um Every Wednesday is my video record day. Thursday is my editing day. Then I work on music mostly Fridays. Okay. Maybe Monday and Fridays and sometimes Saturday. The rest of the time, I'm like outdoors, cutting my grass, <laughs> um, <laughs> barbecuing. I mean, relaxing. That's what I, I'm trying to do that now. Exercising. I'm starting to exercise a little bit more. Just being a little bit more um, at ease, not as stressed out anymore. Some, I used to be stressed because I do so much. Yeah. Yeah. So now everything is scheduled. So it's like, okay, if I don't want to, if I don't want to do the, if say if I didn't want to record a video tomorrow, I'll do it Thursday. But I'll do, I'll have to edit it because I'm dropping it Friday. You know. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just like that now. So it, it helps me out a lot better, and it helps with the music. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a discipline thing as well. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So if you've got so much music in the pipe. I mean, do you, do you kind of? I mean, how do you keep working on new stuff? Because I mean, you're, as far as releases go, you can probably see like two or three years ahead of you, can't you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean, because a lot of people when they saw that I said I have like 13 releases, I don't mean I'm putting 13 releases out in the same year. I'm not gonna do that. But it was like when I'm working, it's like I'm sure you know this when you work in the studio. Sometimes you could just sit there and it's just not happening. You're yeah. just sitting there trying to make a baseline, it's just not happening. But the longer you fool around, it's gonna happen. And when it clicks, when it clicks for me, then I jump on it. Because once I start making baselines, then I gotta keep making them. And that's how I, that's what I would do. I'd make them and I'd record them for something later and come back to them. And so it starts building up and building up. So I take time to do techno, then I'll do some electro. And then I'll take time to write. And a lot of times when I hear the song and the title, I'm like, I just write it right there, put it on a piece of paper. Yeah, yeah. And start doing the vocals and figure out what key it's in and and try to um, you know manipulate my voice with the different vocoders that I make up and stuff. So yeah, it's like it's it's not easy all the time, but I'm trying to make it to the point where I'm at least be in the studio every day, if nothing but just to play keys a little bit. Sometimes we didn't get a chance to do that, man. It would be like months before you get in and it just wasn't happening. Yeah, yeah. And I have to be honest, sometimes it just don't. You just be like, man, what am I doing? Did I forget how to play? You know, you just, because you just haven't been doing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And Electro, and I will give people credit. And, and Electro, I will say this, Electro is one of the hardest 
styles of music to make. I don't care what nobody say because mm. everybody can't do it. If you want to make that real funky electro, you know that bass got to be that bass got to be it. That to me, the, the most important part is the bass line. Drums are secondary. Mm. You know, um, strings adds the more the drama, the more you know the the classical element to it. That's why I would think dra- just drama. You want to make when the chorus comes up, you want that dark drama. That's what you want when the chorus comes up. Yeah, yeah. I always tell people that it shouldn't be happy. It shouldn't. Be, you know what I mean? It shouldn't be happy. You know what I mean when I say that too. Like, uh, it's, it's, it's got to be a little bit you know. sinister kind of thing. It's got to be a bit. Yes. Perfect word, sinister. You're right. Yeah, yeah, you know what you're talking about. And I have to, I, I think I put it in my last video. I thanked um, Dave, because Dave actually, I listened to White Noise, man, and he stopped and announced my song, Modular World. Yeah, he did. You know, yeah. like, this is, and I was like, wow, that was really cool. So that's one why I'm really glad about making videos every week, too, man, just to give shouts out to people and thank people, because I really do appreciate it, man, because I'm thinking about in my next video, I'm going to have people send me questions, because now they can ask me questions, and I'll just go over the questions, you know, it's, so they can find out more, because I'm not trying to be guarded, you know, Detroit took a lot from craft work, and they still, people still trying to do that, and it's like, nah, you really want to be more popular, so you really need to talk people stop with that whole you know underground thing i mean that's that's good but it really doesn't really work that well anymore you know you don't see doppler effect is not trying to hide himself joe's not trying to hide himself anymore you know what i mean he's just doing what he do same thing with us yeah yeah no i get you man yeah and um i mean you mentioned craft work obviously a real sad day uh, recently the passing of florian of course uh yeah, yeah that was yeah. But you know, it seems like now, you notice how many articles they write up on how influential they was. Me and you, we know how influential they are. But I think the world is starting to see that now. It's like, you know, hip hop and everything. Just electronic, the way music is produced, period. You know, is, is a tribute to them. This seems to happen with a lot of artists where they, like the, the, the real impact of some people isn't really, they don't, it's not, they don't get the credit until they're gone, man. That's crazy. It's been happening a lot lately, yeah. And I and see, I've been thinking about that because you know, when Mike Huckleby passed away, man, I, I always know him as being the most positive guy, very health conscious. You know what I mean? And it's like, wow. And you just read him, oh, Mike Huckleby. I know you had a stroke, and then it's like, man, he passed away. He died. It's like, whoa. And it was like, but he accomplished a lot because he was always busy. But it was like, man, it still was too soon. You know what I mean? And I was like, wow. I just made, it kind of woke me up. I'm like, you know what? Got to use this as a way of, it's a wake up call, man. Make your mark while you're here. Yeah, man. How old was Mike Huckabee? I'm trying to think. I'm, I just turned 54, so Mike was 55, I believe. He was a year older than me. And I know Mike, man, from way back, early 80s when I started DJing. You know, I used to, uh, a friend of mine that I used to work with at General Motors, knew him and that's how I met him. We used to go trade records, him and Gary Chatler. We used to all share, trade records and stuff. That's how I met Mike Huckabee years ago. And we always stayed cool even when he started working at our record time and stuff. Wow, wow, man. yeah, it's no age is it man? And seeing as the passing of Mike Huckabee had uh, a very clear effect on Keith and so many people out there thought we'd include one of his tracks remembering by amazing artist and this track is called Jazz Republic. Ooh. 
But yeah, happy birthday, by the way. That was just the last couple of days. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I had a great time. Um, like I said, my, I made sure that the record really released the day after. It was released on the 11th. But, you know, all the pre-orders, man, it was gone before my birthday. That's amazing, yeah, man. The yeah. first present. So, so did you have, like, a lockdown birthday? You, you kind of had to... <laughs> Improvise. No, no, you know what? For me, I, it, it's not a big day. I was just glad to spend time with my family, man. Just sitting. Yeah. I sat down and watched TV, and they brought me some cake and some a couple of gifts and stuff. I sat down and watched TV. I was good. And my wife's birthday is four days before mine, so I spent more time on that for her. Yeah, yeah. You know, for her birthday. But for me, it was just like, eh, that's another day. I don't even need tell my daughter, don't bring no balloons. I don't want no balloons. <laughs> just, just make sure... Just as long as they call me and say happy birthday, I'm good with that. I only need, I only need a gift. I'm good yeah. with that. Man, that's hard having your wife's birthday like that. That's close, man. You've got to get that one right, otherwise you have a bad one. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I, I have to say I have, I have a, a cool wife, man. She's not all about all that. It's like, you know, mm -mm. she was just, I think, I, I matter of fact, I barbecued on her birthday. So, she, no, nah, she's not like that. She's really, really cool. She's been knowing me way when I first started doing music, she's been knowing me since uh, forever, since we was little kids. Wow. So she know the drive and she, you know, she understands and everything. She's been knowing Tommy, same thing with Tommy, Tommy, BJ and Tony. She's been knowing them just as long when we was really young kids and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, man. That's amazing. That's amazing. So when you're working on music now, I mean, I... You've obviously, I mean, obviously productions change and the techniques and the technology's changed. Are you working any differently to how you used to, or do you kind of come at things creatively? Do you come at things from the same kind of angle? Is it is it kind of like you say, just playing around in the studio and waiting? No, for I, I change it every time. Like I have a, a true Matrix Brute. Um, mm -hmm. I got that for different reasons because it has a sequence on it. Sometimes I'll start with just that, you know, just making a sequence baseline. Or um, or playing the bass line, or sometimes just starting with just different instruments. Now I'm starting to play. I use VST instruments more secondary. I use my external gear first. Yeah, you yeah. Know, um, I think I told you just before because for for us, our secret is man, we stack sounds. You know, we stack a lot of sounds. You know, that was the beautiful thing about MIDI. People don't understand that about MIDI, man. You know, the the main trick is if you're playing strings, man, just put three strings on. On the same MIDI channel, the sound fuller, you know, different sounds, yeah, yeah. different keys, whatever, you know. But I spend, I still, excuse me, I still spend a lot of time doing that. So I always start off differently. It just depends. That day, if I have an idea or something. But most of the time, what happens is like when I work on a track now, I know what I want, so I start recording everything in, and then I come back the next day and listen to it, and like, oh, it sounds good. And then yeah. I can get motivated to make something else. So I always try to jump on that while I can. But then I know when to stop, because after a while it's like, um, it's starting to sound the same. You're starting to use the same sound. You gotta stop. You know, you gotta stop.
Feel it. You, you can feel when you're forcing it a bit. Can you? Can you kind of spot that in yourself? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think so. And plus, I'm, I'm, I let people. Hear, it's only a few people that I let hear my stuff. Like Black Tony, gonna give it to you honest. I will say that about Tony. You're gonna be like, ah, nah, man. That, mm-mm, that sound the same. It's time to maybe take a break. Same thing when you're doing your mix downs. Cause I like to, uh, I like to do a lot of work around my. Like, I'm very proud of my yard, so I like to go out, cut the grass, and all that type of stuff. So when I'm mixing down, like, to to free up time on my ears, cause you know your ears get really tired. So I, that's what I'll do. Yeah. I'll go outside, man, for a couple of hours. I never used to do that before. It was like, oh, I gotta get this done. I have to get this done today. I have this to do, and I got this to do for AUX88, and this to do, and not anymore. It's just like, no, just calm and cool. You know, um, and then I can go back to some of my old songs and I'm like, oh, I know what those songs need now. Sometimes you got to be, you know, you got to be, I think I learned that as I got older, like you got to be critical of yourself. You can't always think, oh, I make this shit. Oh, my stuff is great. Like, no, you need to listen to your stuff and be critical, especially when you listen to your very first songs that you ever made. Because even though I have K1 Agenda coming out, (laughs) I was listening back to it, it was like, oof. Man, that was that was, but that was a long time ago, you know? That was me you in a different a, time. You just took a question I had I had a question coming and that was that was was like when you go back to that old stuff, man, do you do you kind of do you kind of laugh at yourself in a way like wow, man, that you know, that young kid yeah. was so naive about this that and the other. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then but I was like, well, I couldn't have done it any other way cuz if I would have uh had yeah. like went to try to be an engineer or something like that in music, then it'd have been too perfect. You know what I mean? It was like, no, nah, some of the stuff I did, like some of the bass lines we did were really, we did some really nice, funky bass line. We just had to, we wasn't really good at EQing stuff. We didn't make the song sound full. They were real minimal. And I listened to the K1 Agenda and I was like, oh man. I was like, oh wow, that, that song really needed some help to it. But I was like, well, I'm going to be confident enough. That was a different time. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you still. I mean, I still hear those songs. I mean, you you must do. I still hear them in mixes, man. They still they still stand up. You know, they've still got they've still got something about them, man. Explore 
got to look give yourself some respect look back to what where you were and where you've come where oh, you've yeah. got to you know it's, it's a big it's a big journey man how many years has it been now so i guess you well since actually my first record came out in 91 yeah and that was on metroplex that was television so it's over 30 years now i mean but like i said we formed 80 uh aux 88 in 1988 and we were doing music before that, but the first record was 1991. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a while, man. It's been a while. So, yeah, yeah. like I said, uh, with the counterparts, matter of fact, people can look uh, that AUX88 album. That's going to be the last one, too. That's going to be the last album that we ever do. Not because we probably couldn't do another one. It just took so long to get it done. Mm. 
You know what I mean? And it was, and when we did it, we was like, oh, okay, we'll see. And then it did so well. So it was like, okay, man, let's just just concentrate on everybody. Just just put out the old stuff. Just put out all the stuff. And it's really making a resurgence because we're finding new fans. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, never heard of us. And like, especially, um, it's a lot of female DJs. We, we've been finding out a lot of female DJs been picking up a lot of our music and playing it. Yeah, know? yeah. There's definitely so. more female DJs than I can remember. You know, and mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm on on Facebook. I'm the administrator for two or three electro groups, and it used to be if I go back, say a year, two years, I might get one person a day say, you know, can I join the group? Now it's like half a dozen, ten people a day, <laughs> fucking coming out. Yeah. They're just coming out of the woodwork, yeah. man. It's it's great, and a lot of them are young. You know, young a lot younger than than I am, and, and you, you know, we are. They're just uh, you know fresh fresh blood, man. It's great. Right, right. It's good right, to right. see. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, it's, it's good it's good stuff, man. I mean, even a lot of my family, man, and people around me who been knowing me for years, like, hey, man, it's, you need to focus on you, man. You done done so much over the years, man. It's like, well, you know, we need to see you. You need to do your thing. And, and, and mm. I finally had to realize that, man, because I literally was having, I mean, health issues because I just do so much for AUX88. And it's like... When okay. people are not doing what they're supposed to do, I handle it because I'm part of it and I want to make sure it looks professional. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. took that on and that was a lot on me to do all that, you know, and I, was, I had to say like, nope, I'm not doing that no more. It's all about me. And now I'm like way more focused. Now we're going to do some, uh, we're still going to do some live shows and stuff together, but um, I don't know about... Um, Hmm. I don't really know about any music and stuff because right now I'm not really interested. I'm interested in just putting out my stuff right now. And um, yeah, you know, and that's that's not a knock. I love the guys and all that stuff. But um, um, but the good thing I, about you guys, I think, is that as, as this is how I see it, looking in, anyways, that you've all got you, you've all got things going on anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's not oh, like oh yeah, I mean life. You. Yeah, just life. Period. And you know, um, uh, Tommy just got um, married. You know, Tommy just got married um, last year. Yeah, so you know, yeah. Uh, you know, he's really happy now, man. He got a great wife, man. Shout outs to the Chi. That's what I call her. her name is Chi Chi, and I always call her the Chi. She's a real sweetheart, man. He got a really nice wife, and um, BJ just got into a new relationship. He has a very nice, um, very nice uh, girlfriend, and same thing with Black Tony, man. Everybody kind of like life has changed, and everybody seemed to be a lot happier, and they kind of doing their own thing in family life. Me, I have two daughters and my, my wife, and I do a lot of stuff with my family, and you know, I'm, I'm just happy, man. I'm just enjoying it, but I'm like, nah, I want to do a little bit more. Don't use the excuse, don't use the excuse of the pandemic of saying, well, we can't do nothing, nah. You can still do something. You see a lot of people still promoting. Yeah, Got yeah. To. But I, I do feel this though. I feel this when they finally open up everything, when everybody's gonna start doing live shows, it's gonna be even bigger and better. You know what I mean? Because people gonna be wanting it so bad. Oh, but man. I just, I just fear that a lot of these festivals and promoters gonna try to dick all of us because they're gonna start talking about the money. You know, well, we can't really charge that kind of money anymore because we lost so many, mo- so much money because of the pandemic. Nah, you're still gonna pay me. You know, you still gonna pay me, and I used to didn't be like that. I didn't care about the money thing; wasn't a big deal to me. But now, in the last couple of years, I was like, nah. You know, I have a skill, and um, I have to get paid for it the right way. Can't just accept anything. I personally don't. I don't like playing small venues anymore because nice. I'm older now. 
You know what I mean? And the kids are younger, and I can't deal with you know kids sitting to drink on my keyboard and talking to me while I'm performing. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm, oh man, yeah. I, I don't know have what you time mean. for that. I don't have time for that. I'd rather play the big festivals uh, where you might you're gonna get some fans to come out, but at the same time you're gonna be treated a lot better. Sound-wise, everything is really sounding good and stuff. But you know, occasionally, it just depends on what it is. I, I don't like to play a lot of small venues, man. Ugh. Yeah, it was yeah, great yeah. when I was younger, but not now, cause I, I'm I'm cool with just going and play and go right back to the hotel. I don't even have to stay. I used to like to listen to see what music I was hearing, but mm. you know, man, I remember going back. That first Dave Clark thing in Amsterdam, the Whip It thing, you guys did the film and that. That's when I met you right. at that, that time. Yep. Man. That, that yep. gig was yep. amazing, man. I mean, that was. A, I'm just thinking that was a small venue, but you fucking killed it, man. It was oh, thanks, man. We've been we've been doing it, we've been doing it for some years, man. And, and you know, we just recently when we um we were trying out our counterparts tour just before Christmas. Uh, on a, we went to Russia, mm. we played Spain and Italy. And you know, we were doing, oh, that show was nice because we were doing, uh, we started our shows off with It's More Fun to Compute, craft work. And people yeah, going nuts because yeah, ours is really, really beautiful, but it still got that dark, that really nice 808 kicks to it and everything. Really nice. It was a lot, real, lot of fun doing that. And then we were doing a lot of songs from the album and stuff. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And plus, now we had BJ from Positronics was playing with us. And BJ is, you know, more classically trained, man, and hitting those chords and everything just sound bigger. It was just bigger. Yeah, yeah. That's what's always struck me is the size of your sound. Now, I have to give Tommy, I have to give Tommy props on that for our live shows. Everything is pretty much through him. He's the one who controls, like, um, the the recorded audio pieces that we have, the drums, like how it's EQ'd, and when we go do the sound, he knows exactly what to tell the engineer. I leave that to him. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he. That's his. That's his forte. Even the engineers say, "Yeah, man, we love when you guys come. Your stuff sounds really good." Only thing I hate about it is when people record it on a phone. It sounds horrible. <laughs> it sounds horrible. And I always try to tell people, like, please don't record us. It just doesn't. You got to be there. You got to be there. It's a different thing, you know. But that's cool though. But we're looking forward to um when this is all over with, you know, to do some more shows. We like to try to have all four people go out. Yeah, that yeah. depends. Tony, Tony's really not interested in going out um, overseas. So, and then we were supposed to play the uh, festival this year, the Movement Festival. We we're supposed to do an opening party, and so that that didn't happen. So that would have been really weird because uh, <laughs> I was wondering when we were going to all start practicing for that. Because a lot of times people think we practice a lot, but we don't. We used to practice a lot. Now we don't. Cause you don't have the time they don't have the time and they really don't want to put the time in and you know a lot of times they'd be like keep you just you're just getting too getting too much into it we don't need to practice that much we know what we're doing i'm like yeah but you can always get better you know and then when it comes together i told you man what are you talking about i know what i got to do you know what you got to do that person knows what they got to do you know you're gonna play this you're gonna play that yeah but i still like to practice you know so yeah yeah i'm a perfectionist
just going to ask you actually going back to optic nerve for a second because you said something I remember when the last time I spoke to you or in, when, when I interviewed you you were talking about the strings being a big focus but I think you said earlier on in this conversation you're going to be kind of reducing that end and getting more into the sort of the more minimal f funk of techno that 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 side is that no, right no it, it, it still had the strings but I'm just I always thought my weak point with optic nerve was the drums that's just me personally and um, Tony used to say, no, nah, man, just the way you make it is good. I'm like, no, nah, it just, it don't have, I wish, it does, it's not more danceable type drums to me. You know, okay. but I'm trying to get better. So I'm thinking, you know, we're still, it's, it's going to be more stripped down. Like you said, more minimal. Still going to have beautiful strings in it, but I'm thinking more groove oriented, you know. Because before I was like, I was just all balls out, like, oh, it's going to be strings all over the place. It's like, nah. Bring that in when it needs to come in. It doesn't need, you know, need all that. I just want to make them a little bit more danceable, so that Detroit techno can be represented again. Because I'm debating about naming. I named. Um, we had a compilation on DBC, Direct B Classes called Electro in the Key of Detroit. That was my idea. Yeah. It yeah. originally came from cause my my 12 inch. I wanted to call techno in the key of Detroit. So I'm still thinking about calling the Optic Nerve 12 inch Electro in the key of Detroit. It's, it's, it's kind of a, a, a double on a double message, you know, showing what this is the original Detroit techno sound coming back in a different way. Because what people, what a lot of these guys, you know, are playing when they out DJing, they don't even represent Detroit. And that's all you ever see when you see these guys on these big posters and they're going to be playing uh, from Detroit or whatever. And it'd be like, I hate to say it, you sound just like everybody else, DJ. You're playing this, you're not even trying to represent, you know, but not that not that they have to. And I have to give it up to some DJs that's moved on because so much good music all over the world. So you can't just play your, your sound, you know, that's great. But I just think Detroit is... Yeah, they like to always be called We Detroit Techno. Well, then play some of it. You don't have to play it all, but play some of it. No one's really doing that. And the other thing I've, I've no, I mean, I, I get the feeling, I mean, obviously I'm not from Detroit, but what I've always got from people I speak to from Detroit is that, that electro, uh, Detroit Techno, from a DJ point of view, is also a, a kind of a, an attitude towards the set as well. You know, it's, it's changing it up and you can, you don't have to play the same thing for two hours. You can, you know, switch it around a bit. Right. So long as you, so long as you remember the roots of the thing, you know. I mean, cause that's always been the way I DJ. I mean, I play. I'll go from electro track to a techno track to a minimal track to a house track, then back around again. Then I might play three electro tracks in a row. You know, I just I like to change the the pace of the of the music up. You know. I always did that, and I notice now when you see like DJs like DJ Mako, I, uh, when he's out playing, he does that too. And that was, that was the original way Detroit played. They played a little bit of everything. Now it's like they just playing what they see these other DJs play on these big festivals, just doing the same thing. You know, I, I notice, um, yeah, I notice that all the time. That's following the money then, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. You're right, following the money. And that's and that's what I like, because we've had some promoters who tried to tell us that a couple of years ago. It was like, yeah, we, we're going to have you guys, we're going to have you um, be like the headliner, you know, but, you know, we, we're, not, we're not expecting a lot of people. And we used to fall for that. We're not really expecting a lot of people. And then Tommy said, then why are we the headliner? Yeah. <laughs> why you have us headlining? <laughs> 
And then, well, you know, it's not gonna be a lot of people, and then it's all these people turning up to see us, you know, and then we've done a better show than the other artists that was playing, you know? So we had to say, no, 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 it's just, it's gonna be this way. And we, and we honor, we honor whenever we go play that we're gonna do something different. It's never gonna be the same show. We do some, a lot of the same songs, but we will switch it up sometimes on the fly before we look out and see how the crowd is responding. Well, this time we're gonna start off with this song. Yeah, yeah, Sometimes yeah. we start off with a 4-4 track just because the person who came before us did. You know what I mean? We don't always start off with Electro and we don't always just only do Electro. And people have always liked it. So that whole thing about throwing people in the Electro room, Techno room, Minimal, uh, I don't buy all that, man. If you make play good music, they'll dance. If you can mix right. Yeah. So when you're playing live, you read the crowd the same as a good DJ would read the crowd. You don't just say, oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah. Yup, and we'll change up and we'll change up the set sometimes to be like, okay, you know, sometimes like some of our electro stuff don't come off that well. Be like, uh, oh, it seemed like it's a little, it might be going a little too long. We might have played one song a little bit too long. Then we'll just change it up. And sometimes you can look at the crowd, they'd be like, oh, that, that was cool, but we didn't get the response we wanted. Then we'll say, okay, right now we're about to go in and play a couple of classics and we'll just stop the set. We're gonna play some classics, and that's when everybody start going up, and they know the song. Even if you don't know the songs, it's so easy to repeat what we're saying, you know. So, it's got the hooks. It, it works, yeah. man. And um, we got the best compliment from um, DJ Mako plays with Cybertron, with Juan Cybertron. And when he was over, he said, "Man, you know when we was putting the show together for Cybertron, he said the main thing Juan was saying, man, that shit got to be tight like AUX88." He said, yeah, that shit gotta be, that sound gotta be hitting. It gotta be tight like those guys. And I was like, wow, that was a that was a great compliment. And Juan has always, whenever we play in Detroit, which we don't play much, he always comes to the show. Yeah. Always. That's cool, man. That's really cool. And what about with Greg, um, Egyptian Lover then? Because obviously he did that remix. Obviously he's from a sort of different side of things in a way, but obviously- Man, man, Greg. Man, we feel like, I mean, you know, we used to listen to him when we was kids and everything. Tommy Hamilton is the biggest Egyptian lover fan. But meeting him and hanging out, man, we can just call him friend. I mean, when he comes to Detroit, we went to dinner and took him out and everything, all four of us and hanging out, man. And he was like, hey, man, I want to do a remix to AUX Mind. He was like, are you for real? Like, oh, well, no problem. Hell yeah, we'll do that. And he did it, man. Uh, another thing we did, too. When we, when we asked him to do it, we was like, well, if we do that, we got to get Juan because Juan is like, you know, the man. And we was like, and we, we all got together. And we said, well, man, if we're going to do it, we're going to offer them. We actually gave them money. And they was like, really? Like, you know, we was like, yeah, man, because we want y'all to do it. And we mm. um, had the money wired to uh, Egyptian Lover. He finished the track in like three days. Why? We only asked him to do the vocal. See, a lot of people don't know that. This is a good thing about AUX88. We asked Juan to only do the vocal. Juan did not do that music. That's AUX88. Ah. Right, we got him to do the vocal. And he was like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll do the vocal and stuff. And he was like, you don't have to do the music. Because we know how busy he is. We weren't going to have it done that quick. That's a smart move, man. We'll go ahead and make it sound like so. Every time we go places, people are like, man, that Juan Atkins, man, y'all got him do that bass line. We was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yup. That was the AUX88, man. Is that an man. exclusive? I've just got an exclusive there, have I? Yeah, this, you, you got an scenes, exclusive. Man. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> Matter of fact, Tommy played the bass line. That's, that's a Tommy Hamilton bass line. 
It is cool. <laughs> and Tommy can play like that really fast like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah.
This is the Egyptian Love, and you're checking into the Peace Agenda Radio Show. Doing it like this, 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 for you, baby. Oh, 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 
Yep, so Juan them, man, they, they got everything done, man. And, and, and what I loved about it, they was like, hey, man, we, we just we just really liked that they did that. And we felt really humbled that we could actually just give them money, you know, and gave them an advance, you know, like, boom. And it was like, oh, man, cool. So that was that was another thing off our bucket list. We thought that was really cool. And Juan liked it, and he plays it a lot. Mm. He plays it a lot in, uh, in, in his sets and stuff. So you mentioned your bucket list earlier on, man. What else? What else is on the bucket list? Well, I mean, I did get to meet Ralph Hutter finally. I mean, I met him a couple of years ago. Um, met him a couple of years ago. Um, that's off my bucket list. But I do want to work with Kirk, Kirk DiGiorgio is on my bucket list. Transmat is on my bucket list. Um, working with Marty Bonds because people don't understand, man, the background of Marty Bonds, man. Marty Bonds used to be part of Model 500. He mm. was the engineer for the inner city tours back when Big Fun and Good Life was out. Yeah, he yeah. worked at Transmat. He worked at KMS. Man, his music is awesome. I didn't know that much. The only I'll tell you when I really it clicked for me how much he had done was when I interviewed Sean Tate last year. Yeah, he was telling me a bit more about the background there, and I was like, "Fuck, man, these guys have you know got serious, serious influence, uh, and don't and don't get maybe don't get the acknowledgement, you know." Yeah. So then, what is the next release that people can look forward to from you now? Um, the next release is actually the K One Agenda. That's the K One Agenda. Which, okay. Yep. Um, but like in two weeks, uh, it will be Electro Techno, which is AUX eighty eight, which I'm really a part of that one too. But uh, K One Agenda will be probably about mm, the end of June, and then okay. probably the end of July will be. Um, the Alien FM, which is called, <laughs> which is called um, Monochromatic Images. <laughs> that's PBX30, and that's a new Alien FM. And then um, PBX31 will be the Voice Modulation EP, which is uh, from the Mad Scientist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's vo vocal modulation on one side and the Mad Scientist on the other. So what we're doing is putting out. You know the original songs from the CD, because those were the only the only original 12 inches were remixes from other artists. We never put the original songs on those. Yeah, yeah. And we yeah. did that on purpose. I actually talked Tommy into that. I was like, let's just put it out on CD, and all the remixes can be other artists. And I said, and years from now we'll see just how good it did, and people really respond. Then we can come back and put these out on 12 inch. And he was like, genius. And you saw a couple of weeks ago. Anthony Rother was dancing. That's one of his favorite songs. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. dancing to that, and he sent me a message like, "Man, you guys gotta put that." I was like, "Yeah." I talked Tommy into it, so look for Electro Slaves. We're gonna put that one out. That 12 inch. Uh, we're gonna probably have another uh, Mad Scientist with um, Extraterrestrial Time Travelers, Space Satellites, all of that, man. So we got so much. Space and plus, space I'm glad that I made the man, video for it because we didn't get a chance to say it. But when I made when well, when we made that album, it was really dedicated to James Stinson. A lot of people missed that, and a lot of people we had people hitting us up on sites saying, "Why are you guys trying to sound like Drexia and all this stuff?" And it was like, man, we added our own sound to it. We had a little, a few things that was similar, but they looked at it because we said satellites. That was like too close to Doppler effect, you know, whatever. Thank you. 
read everything I read everything even negative or positive comments because people uh, I remember one time I saw this article this guy wrote from a magazine he was like AUX88 shouldn't be doing anything but electro funk that Black Tokyo was the worst stuff they ever heard ever and they don't even realize that was a big money maker for us it was it was you had to really listen to the album because it was really good that's how I know he didn't really listen to the album because there is some electro on there 
because he liked electro, but listen yeah, yeah, to the really sounds did. and just listen to what that was more akin, akin to craft work on some of them songs, you know. He didn't get it, and I was like, it was cool, but he didn't even realize that was one of our more successful. It was even more successful than the Mad Scientist. So, was it? You know, yeah, it was. That was that was Tommy's project. Tommy created Black Tokyo. I created the Mad Scientist project, and he created um, Black Tokyo. But I created the logo, the armband, all the whole look, and all that stuff for that, you know. And then we grabbed the two girls and stuff, and they just chomping at the bit right now. They really want to do something, but that's his project. So I actually have, we have stuff. I have, I was listening the other day, I got like about eight to 10 songs of Black Tokyo that wasn't even re released. It's just as good. Wow. You know, and I'm leaving it on him, because normally I'd be like, we got to do this. And I'm like, nope, I'll leave that on him. I'm just doing me. Like you say, focus on you, man. Focus on you. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I remember speaking to Anthony Rother, and he was saying that he, he got a lot of hate from people when he when he moved away from Electro for a little while and did some 4-4 four, four stuff. All right, I mean, I, I try to tell the guys, I mean, I remember one time we had a conversation, I was talking about Anthony. I was like, man, do you know the type of fan base that Anthony Rother has? And they was like, yeah, man, but we, we got that too. I was like, no, nah, we, we ain't got that kind of fan base like Anthony got. Anthony has a... A, a bigger fan base because he has better promotion and you know um publicists you know and do you think do you think that's a european thing do you think he had any kind of edge because he's from europe as well do you think oh yeah because you know he um and he stays single by himself you know what i mean i told them you gotta remember aux88 was always more than one person so yeah, yeah it's like more than one idea he could always do what he wanted to do and plus he's already in europe so he can get those big festivals it got to a point you know, a lot of those places, people did not want to fly us over and didn't want to fly that many people over, you know. And I understood that and all, but, you know, like I said, you know, they got a big, they all have a big thing about Anthony, because Anthony and Ed Upton, when Direct Beat was first around, those guys were trying to get on that label. Oh, is that and right? the Burton brothers were just not, was not hearing it. They was like, nope, these guys from Detroit been doing this for years before they got recognized, so they're going to stick with them. So they always kind of had, the other guys had like a little resentment towards Anthony Rotherham for that. Almost like, like you don't like their success that they got. It's kind of weird, but I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, I, sometimes I speak too, I speak too freely, but I speak from my heart. And like I said, me and Anthony from the very first time we met. Matter of fact, I met Anthony and Ed Upton at the same time. We were in Zurich, Switzerland together at a festival. We met all at the same time and we always been friends. You know, matter of fact, it was all uh, the Great Planet Festival with Doppler Effect, Ectomorph, um, Adult. Wow, man, that's a lion. Um, what's his name? DJ Hell, Anthony Robber, DMS Crew, Ed Upton, and I forgot who else. It was like two days. Yup. That's a killer lineup. I met man. them all. Jesus. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was nice. It was in an old, um, in an old um, train station. Oh really? Yeah, old uh, old train station. It was nice. Yeah, yeah, man. So we we've been cool ever since. I talked to Ed Upton um last week, and we were just <laughs> he was telling me he like, really liked my studio, and then he sent me some pictures of his studio, and he's out looking. He lives like in a farm area and stuff, and he was like, "Man, I hate it." I was like, "No, nah, man, you got that nice area to just look out, and there's nothing but beautiful land." And he got I didn't know he had any kids, you know. He was like, 
we was talking about everything else but music, you know? So, yeah, he's a cool guy, man. DeepSpaceRadio.com. Trust me, I mean, some of the stuff that I got coming out, like I said, um, there's, I, I got this whole, on some of these that's coming out, it's a whole retro type of new wave, well, kind of a new wave kind of electro to it. Mm. When you hear it, you're going to be like, okay, I, I see what he's talking about. A lot of the hard claps and double claps and, oh, it's just really, the, the bass lines is totally different for me. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a different style. Yep, it's a different style, but it's funky. And I, I let a lot of people here, a lot of my family members here, like my little nephews and stuff, you know, and kids are very good with that. Because they was like, I like that. And it's not necessarily fast just got a nice groove to it i've noticed that with my daughter she's she's 12 or she's 13 in a few days man and, and i'll have i'll have music playing you know while she's here and we're yeah, talking and, and stuff and every now and again you know the good ones because she'll start moving and making fun you know those silly faces like she's getting oh, it you know, yep. that's what they call a stank face you know <laughs> yes, you know? <laughs> yes that is so true man i'm telling you that was that was um because we had kids early on when we first started doing music they were little babies there and you know, we would like, they would just be moving their, if they was moving their heads and stuff, that was like, okay, we, we good. And they've got no judgment, man. They're, you know, there's, they're, they're innocent. There's none of this politics. There's none of this snobbery. It's just like, right. it's raw. It's feeling it, isn't it? Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can give, tell you a couple of names of the EPs. Like one of the EPs is called, My Name is DJ K1, which okay. is, sounds like it's more fun to compute the track. Um, Stargazing EP. Cosmic Flight, Plan of Escape, Detroit DJs, and Inside My Mind EP. Detroit DJs is like a track about Detroit DJs. And it's like a real ghetto tech type of thing where I'm doing this uh, vocoder um, kind of uh, rap over it. Sort of Man Parish. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice. So I'm looking forward to a lot of this. I like giving you all kind of exclusives because for real, it's like you'll be the first in. Um, like I said, um, DJ um, Stingray too. You, you're, you're a knowledgeable man. You're a very knowledgeable man, and I respect what you do. I, I keep up with you, man. And you still you. doing your base agenda and keeping your thing going. And that's what you got to do. You got your thing going. Nobody can't come in trying to tell you what to do. That's yours. I've had people, you know, I have had people over the years sort of say, oh, you know, I'd like to be good to get involved and be like partner up and. But I'm like you, man. There's, there's my nobody else meets my standard. You know what I mean? There you go. Yup. When you want something done, you're gonna get it done. That's how I am. A lot of people say, "Hey, man, no, nah, man, you know, just just chill." Like, no, I have a plan. I have to realize I have other stuff that I want to do. I'm not gonna yeah. put them first anymore. I put my stuff first now, and I still can get it all done. But, you know, it's nothing like having your own, man. Trust me. I'm looking forward to like even after I talk to you now. Now I'm motivated, so. That's good, um, man. My will follow y'all. I'm gonna go ahead and um, maybe work on some music. Good to talk to you, Andy, man. Take care and be safe. Yeah, yeah. You look after yourself and your family, man. See you soon, yeah. Bye. All right. Take care.
so there you go hope you enjoyed that two hours of thoughts and music one of the finest minds and talents in the electronic music world over the last 30 years and a huge amount of great stuff in the pipeline as you've heard today love and respect to Keith and all the guys in AUX88 I'll be back soon with another episode until then you can find the full track list of the tracks that have been played in this show including the ones in the background and a download of the show will be out over the weekend via soundcloud.com slash agenda and also on iTunes too have a good weekend cheers yo this is DJ Digital thanks again for checking out Andy on the Base Agenda Show Base Agenda Show Base Agenda